0: Hello and welcome! You are listening to Desperate Acts of Capitalism, a podcast about money, marketing, and how it all goes wrong. Join us on our magical journey through a
1: wonderland of burning money. My name is Evan Swope. And I'm C.T. Kelly.
0: And today... Let's see. We are going uh, not as far back in time as we did on the last couple episodes, but we are going a little bit back in time. Back in time! So today, our first... um, This is going to be our first foray into the utterly insane world of uh, pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing. Oh man, that's awesome. So I, I was debating... Wow what the angle I wanted to take for our first venture into this topic. Yeah. I was debating whether or not to do something recent and popular that people would know about, or uh, whether I wanted to like go back in time and talk about the history. And uh, just from my initial research, this is really, really crazy. Nice. So we're, we're going to talk about how we ended up here. Awesome. All right. Let's see. In 1945, a man named Alexander Everett got his hands on a copy of The Perennial Philosophy by Aldous Huxley. The book was a study in comparative religion. It quotes everything from the prophet Muhammad to Taoist philosophers in a light-hearted exploration of what religion means in a rapidly changing post-war world. Alexander was inspired. And through this, he threw himself headlong into the world of Christian science, the Unity School of Christianity, Rosicrucianism, and Theosophy. It was around this time that he, like so many annoying white people before him, traveled the world in a quest for spiritual enlightenment. He visited everything from Greece to India to Egypt. And upon his return, he settled down in, Brit- in Britain and formed the Pendragon Preparatory, Preparatory School at Bexhill-on-Sea. Sounds very, uh, Rowling-esque. Well, here's the thing. I, like, so that's what it said on the Wikipedia article, and then, so I, I started tracking down the sources for this. I was like, okay, what is the Pendragon Preparatory School at Bexhill-on-Sea? Yeah. And, um, I was, I was unable to find any evidence that this school even ever existed. Interesting. So, like... This is this is in, like, all the biographies about him, but then when you go and you look, like, at where the... like, okay, where is this information from? Yeah. The sources are books written by people that were his followers. Uh, like, that... about him. So it's like, I'm uh, almost 100% sure that this is a just a fucking lie. Yeah. Man, I'm intrigued. <sighs> While teaching at the school in Sussex, uh... Everett contracted polio and was told by his physicians that he would never walk again. Everett believed that he healed himself using the Unity School of Christianity's, quote, prayer of faith. This likely never happened. In 1953, Everett founded and became the headmaster of Shiplake College at Henley-on-Thames in Oxford. And that's true. Okay. We can verify um, that. Yes. Well, and that school still exists, right. you know. So they have records and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, So basically what this guy is, this guy, Alexander Everett, um, I mentioned earlier that he became interested in like Christian science and the unity school of Christianity and Rosicrucianism. Yeah. So Evan, are you familiar with any of those
1: things? Uh, Christian science, yes. Unity sounds familiar. Rosicrucianism is just a, sounds like a nonsense word to me
0: okay okay uh do you know what
1: theosophy is i've definitely i definitely have heard the definition before but i've definitely forgotten i, it. I
0: know for a fact that we that i've talked to you about or i've like rambled at you yeah. about theosophy before you
1: definitely told me and it's definitely left my mind <laughs>
0: that no, is,
1: no offense to you
0: no that is not surprising theos like theosophy is almost designed to dribble out of your brain yeah um so for those that don't know christian science is like a sort of th- school of thought within christianity that is the source of all of the the faith healing shit mm. right that's all of the the healing through prayer like oh, the, uh,
1: oh yeah because i actually had a friend um he said oh, that boy. like he was part of the christian science church and his parents weren't like super into it but like they still went to the church but like other parents of kids like would refuse to take their children To the hospital, if they got sick, they would just pray, and it was, like, taboo to talk about going to see, like, a traditional doctor.
0: It's that shit. It's, like, the the Seventh-day Adventists basically came out of the Christian Science Science Church. Okay. Now, on the flip side, the Unity School of Christianity is basically sort of, like, it's, like, the hippie version of Christianity. Mm Mm-hmm. It's this very lax, very, like, non-denominational, like, like, you worship how you want. It's like, we don't really have preachers. Like, we... Yeah. It's like, we just sort of show up and hang out. It's super cool, dude. We're, you know, we we pray, we meditate. It's whatever. Who cares, man? Yeah,
1: like, call God who... Like, whatever name you want. Like, whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, it's... Uh, and Rosicrucianism is basically, like... Uh, here, you can, you can mark down on your bingo card about CT mentioning the occult because here we go, um Rosicrucianism was basically like it's like an esoteric sect of Christianity that talks, that deals in, like occult mathematics and like these secret Christian science and like trying to divine the nature of God through mathematics, but the thing is is that it's, it's basically a whole cloth copy of of the original like jewish kabbalah yeah and rosicrucianism was basically founded by a bunch of christians going like like man why won't these mean jews let us steal their secret mathematics (laughs) like (laughs) we're gonna make our own occult mathematics and it's gonna be better than yours (laughs) and we're not going to invite you
1: we're gonna make way more money off of it
0: oh yeah no it's rosicrucianism is super dumb and it's, and it's very racist, which is the other thing. And speaking of extremely racist occult beliefs, uh, Theosophy is basically... Um, it was sort of like this occult theory of history invented by a wacky Russian lady in the 1870s. Oh, yes. You've definitely told me about this before. Yes, this is the one with the uh, the three-eyed purple ape people. And right, the, of course. Yeah, and the the uh the humans that ascend to becoming genderless clouds of energy um and theosophy is theosophy is where the nazis got the swastika from it's this there's this whole concept of like the the seventh race that will come to save the world and the nazis were like hmm what if white people are the seventh race yeah isn't that convenient right a lot of the occult really boils down to like it's a lot of the occult really boils down to, like, hmm, but what if white people were the magical savior race? Right. Like, exactly. there's a lot of magic white people from space. Mm. Especially at this time in, like, the turn of the century. And yeah. this is, like, th- this is the occult stuff that Alexander Everett grew up in. Okay. Um, yeah, like, all of this is, like, steeped in anti-Semitism. Right. Let's see, let's see. da okay in 1962 everett moved to the united states settling first in kansas where he intended to become a minister in the unity school of christianity however this was short-lived he almost immediately abandoned the prospect in favor of helping to establish a preparatory school in fort worth texas hmm. uh, got sidetracked well he just got bored he just hmm. like realizes like oh, this isn't for me never mind okay in 1963 he would eventually found the uh, Fort Worth County uh, or sorry the Fort Worth Country Day School where he also worked as an instructor Hmm. it was here that he encountered Jose Silva founder of the Silva Mind Control Method which touted classes that promised to raise your IQ through the induction and use of psychic abilities cool (laughs) where do I sign sure whatever (laughs) alright Again inspired, Everett began to study techniques of mind control, self-hypnosis and meditation. Everett utilized the techniques, the techniques he learned from S- Jose Silva's mind control methodology as well as concepts from Edgar C- uh, Edgar Casey, the father of holistic medicine, to form Mind Dynamics. That's a Scientology ass <laughs> title I've oh, ever heard of. No, one. it no, no. Mind Dynamics was one of the major competitors with Scientology. Mm, okay. Like this is this is this is when uh L Ron Hubbard was like he had sort of gotten off the ground with Scientology and he was trying to sell it as like a a sort of self-help thing. Yeah. Uh because remember this is 1963. Like psychology as a science is still new. Mm. Right? It was like people were still figuring out the whole Scientology thing. Like how, you know how like gastronomy and uh, dietitians are now. Where it's like all the all the crazy snake oil shit is all about like. It, it's all about like diet science and everything yeah. nowadays. It's all vitamin supplements. Mm-hmm. It's like back in 1963, that was all in. All the people trying to make money off of magic were selling it as, uh, psychology flavors.
1: okay. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting that it's, like, it can, they kind of, like, co-op, uh, like, whatever emerging science there is at the time.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no, every... Because here's the thing. Every time major scientific progress is made, what that creates is, like, all of these, like... A bunch of different theories about how the world worked are now... have been destroyed. Yeah. It's like, okay, we now know how this actually works. But those those theories that aren't correct aren't destroyed. They just become magic, if that uh, makes sense. Yes, that, that does. And it creates a whole new frontier of shit for people to explore that sounds scientific. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you get stuff like mind dynamics right. that's able to essentially, like shape itself like psychology it's a it's a psychology shaped thing that is okay that like people are able to sell uh because the regulators don't really know what psychology is yet okay
1: that's fascinating
0: yeah oh no uh it's uh we'll get into it never mind cool so okay mind dynamics was a seminar company it offered seminars on self-improvement and group cohesion for businessmen initially it focused mainly on techniques like visualization and meditation mm. uh that were largely just sort of whole cloth copies of things that were just sort of standard practice for japanese businessmen at the time right like you know taking a break to Meditate and focus on your goals for the day. Like, that was just sort of a thing that Japanese businessmen did. But, like, marketing
1: it as, like, this radical new way to, like,
0: change your life and make ten times more money or whatever. Well, the interesting thing was that at the time, like, in its initial days, Mind Dynamics was not marketed as, like, an ooky spooky, like, this will change your life and, like, it will give you energy and make your dick bigger. Yeah. Like, it wasn't really marketed like that. It was... Mm -hmm. It was more like Alexander Everett's way of selling this was basically more of like, it's like, I've traveled the world and here's what I've learned about being a better businessman from like, you know, climbing mountains in Japan or something, even though right. he never went to Japan. He yeah. just like read some pamphlets from Japan. Right. So. Da, 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 da. Everett later acknowledged that the influence of the, uh, Unity Church teachings that showed themselves in mind dynamics in his use of, uh, silence, focus on intuitive inner voice and affirmations. So huh. it was, it was really just like a very chill business seminar retreat thing where you meditated. Yeah, which I feel like is like, kind of like, you see a lot of those nowadays. Right. Well, and it's, the thing is, is that like, once you push past the sort of spiritual mumble jumbo... It's fine. Like, it's it's a genuinely helpful thing to do, to take a weekend and meditate. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mind Dynamics is important because it was the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. Like, Mind Dynamics was the first, like, business retreat seminar company thing.
1: Yeah, which I feel like exploded in, like, the 80s. You got, like, Tony Robbins
0: and all these gurus Oh, no, 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 no. no. It it exploded very quickly after all of... Like, it exploded very quickly in the 1960s, but it's, like, the ones that survived... Yeah. uh, ...lasted until the 80s when... uh, Basically, what happened in the 80s was you could record VHS tapes... Ah, yes. ...and sell them very cheaply, which caused the sort of, like, uh, a sort of second wave of all this stuff. Because originally, these guys... Like, originally, these guys were sort of like traveling salesmen. Right. It's like the seminar would travel the company, and they would book hotels and stuff like that. Yeah. So Mind Dynamics eventually became the precursor to many, many other groups that used similar techniques. Mm. Alexander was referred to as, quote, the teacher of teachers and the father of the human potential movement. Wow. Like... And that phrase, the human potential movement, that is also in reference to that bullshit about how humans only use 10% of their brain. Yeah. Limitless. You just have to take the limitless drug. Right, right. And that's... that's Because that was what people thought about the brain at the time. Mm. It was like, hmm, well, we only understand 10% of it. And so people took that as meaning, like humans only use 10% of their brains we're going to ascend to being genderless clouds of energy
1: right if we only hack our brains through whatever method then we can achieve like stuff right. that's unheard of
0: if we just meditate hard enough we can become clouds of energy with giant cocks yeah like big business boy men boys boys yes exactly you're going to you're going to be able to channel your chi into boosting your stock price or whatever
1: which is kind, i feel like there's this like weird I don't know, like, this contradiction and this idea of, like, it's going to help you ascend into, like, a genderless cloud but also make you a better, you know, more effective businessman. I feel like those are two, like, very contradictory things. Like, I feel like if you're ascending to, like, nirvana or whatever and, like, rejecting the self or whatever, you don't, like, you don't care about being a businessman anymore and, like, making more profit. (laughs)
0: Like, running a business is, like, the least is like the least Buddhist thing that you can do really yeah exactly because the whole like point of Buddhism is like
1: rejecting desire I guess right Um,
0: it's 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 ascension past desire past like material
1: right and so it's like you're ascending to a, a state beyond desire but also learning how to make more money that you desire and more profit that you desire. I don't know. It's weird. No, it's,
0: it's very, it's very contradictory and it's very silly. Right. So, okay. 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 The first form of mind dynamics was very non-confrontational. It did not involve direct interaction with course participants and participants did not share their own personal experiences in the coursework. Hmm. In 1970, Everett moved the company headquarters from Texas to sunny San Francisco, California. Uh. And at the time, uh, among his employees were John Handley Sr., co-founder of Lifespring, James and Janet Quinn, the founders of Lifestream, Life Results, Life Success, and New Perspectives, Randy Ravel of Context Training, uh, Tom and Jane uh, Whitlight, uh, founders of PSI Seminars, Robert White, founder of the anti-abortion group Life Dynamics, uh, Bill Schwartz, founder of the Meditation Institute of Milwaukee, Russ and Carol Bishop with Insight Seminars and many, many more. But Okay, most so no- he was
1: inspiring like a
0: generation of, of these people. People that are still doing this today. Okay. Most notably among them was Werner Erhard, founder of Erhard Seminars Training, better known as EST, or simply The Forum. Mm. Which is... Uh, to this day the most popular predecessor, like, successor of uh, Mind Dynamics. So, uh, Werner became an instructor in his own right in the Mind Dynamics training. After reaching the level of instructor, Erhard was actually chosen by Everett to be responsible for Mind Dynamics course development. Mm -hmm. Alexander Everett offered Erhard a vice presidency in the company and a larger salary, but Erhard instead took his staff to form Erhard Seminars Training. Whoa! Yeah, so he, he bailed He he took all of his subordinates was, And was like, we're making our own company Yeah wow. In early 1970, Everett was present In the, the hotel ballroom Where er, Werner Erhard Led his last Mind Dynamics course And announced to the audience That he would be soon forming a new company Although Everett publicly Went up on stage and stated his support For Erhard and expressed His sorrow to see him go Privately, he was furious with Earhart for planning his exit and new company behind Everett's back. I fully
1: support this man. And immediately
0: he's like, How dare he? He stabbed us in the back. That bastard. Who I love. Oh, man. But later that same year, Alexander met a man named William Penn Patrick. And the only way this story makes sense Is if we take a moment to explore Who exactly William Penn Patrick is Alright Alright, buckle the fuck up everyone Click William Penn Patrick was an American entrepreneur and businessman He was born on March 31st, 1930 Patrick was a proponent of the sour grapes philosophy And has been widely quoted as stating Those who condemn wealth are those who have none And see no chance of getting it
1: You're just jealous of my wealth. In
0: 1966, Patrick sought out the Republican nomination for governor in California. Patrick alleged that a pollster, Mervyn Field, had accepted money to influence a poll in the campaign. Mervyn sued Patrick for libel for damages of uh, around $4 million and was awarded uh, $300,000. Patrick later lost the nomination to Ronald Reagan. Well. I mean, the New-, <laughs> the New Republic described Patrick's campaign strategy as that of, quote, out Ronald Reagan. In 1967, Patrick formed a fundraising group to run for uh, uh, Thomas Cushell's Senate seat. He failed. In 1967, Patrick was later nominated for Vice President of the United States by the California Theocratic Party. Cool. The Los, the Los Angeles Times referred to Patrick as, quote, the strangest politician. He was uh, mainly popular among ultra-conservative and ultra-right-wing political circles in California. That same year, he founded a company called Leadership Dynamics. Okay. Patrick owned what could loosely be called a cosmetics company known as Holiday Magic. But more importantly, he owned Leadership Dynamics, a similar company to Mind Dynamics that used more confrontational techniques. Okay, I'm intrigued. Mind Dynamics was structured as a for-profit self-improvement company it was also described as a spiritual discipline and in 1970, William Penn Patrick bought 50% of Mind Dynamics uh oh so, so you've got this, this crazy like this insane racist businessman who goes up to uh, Alexander Everett who's like this spiritualist Christian hippie And goes, I really like the cut of your jib Why don't we merge our two companies Together Make a big business deal for us Businessmen And so And so They basically They merged leadership dynamics And mind dynamics Into The Into this thing Okay So Let's take a look inside a day at leadership dynamics. Okay. What follows is an excerpt from uh, a book called The Pit, A Group Encounter Defiled by Gene Church and Conrad DeCaynes. A nonfiction account of uh what it was like to take a seminar at Mind Dynamics. Hmm. And uh this gets this gets pretty intense, so okay. like I don't really know what to give a trigger warning for here, but this this is gonna get intense. breakfast wasn't much those of you who have traveled are on a first name basis with lukewarm scrambled eggs, stiff toast with jelly and institutional coffee still, I went for a second cup because the air was brisk in Palo Alto and the warm coffee helped me to wake up I found myself looking around, there were 24 of us all men the fee was $1,000 in advance and non-refundable the course? an executive training seminar four days in a room in Ricky Hyatt's house in California the ob- the object to learn to know ourselves better to become better businessmen better family men leaders and above all to become totally and completely honest with ourselves and others that was leadership dynamics institute the greatest experience they all said of our lives I knew a few graduates of this course but found them highly uncommunicative about what went on during the course. Uh-huh. I noticed a few I know I once noticed a few bruises on some returning students what? and this had made me apprehensive. Frankly, yeah. <sighs> frankly, the graduate returning from the course tended to be more withdrawn than to exhibit the qualities of leadership, but all had affirmed that it was indeed the greatest single experience of their lives. Oh god. Little other- Little other useful information could be gleaned from the graduates I knew. Leadership Dynamics Institute, LDI, was a required seminar for anyone wishing to take a managerial position with the Holiday Magic organization. Like, required seminar. Keep that in your mind. You have to do this. Okay. Though not been employed by Holiday Magic, I had not strayed for long from the Holiday Magic family. Earlier in my life, I'd become a distribu- uh, I had been a distributor for their home care and cosmetic products, and now I was involved in another Holiday Magic affiliate, Mind Dynamics. It had been made clear to me by my superiors within Mind Dynamics that Leadership Dynamics Institute would be an important rung in my personal ladder of success. This was my reason for attending. A few other students who attended were outside of the Holiday Magic organization altogether, and on the recommendation of a friend or relative were there in order to better themselves or to relieve their hang-ups. Leadership Dynamics Institute was founded on the principles outlined in a booklet called, quote, Happiness and Success Through Principle, written in 1967 by William Penn Patrick, the founder and corporate king of Holiday Magic, and apparent co-owner of LDI. Hmm. The foremost principle set forth by Patrick is honesty, complete and total honesty, both towards yourself and others. Another attribute stressed is courage, courage to stand up and fight for what you believe. A further major principle put forth by Patrick is the necessity to differentiate between selfishness and greed. Selfishness is a normal and necessary human quality that everyone has and uses. If we, as individuals, were not selfish, we would never have anything. Selfishness to Patrick meant that you want something and are willing to work to get it. Greed, on the other hand, is an extension of selfishness to the point of wanting something for nothing. Hmm. On, On these principles, Patrick built Holiday Magic into a financially powerful empire of pyramid sales organizations. Holiday Magic sells internationally cosmetics and home care items such as waxes and polishes. It generally works this way. At a meeting called For the Purpose... Uh, quote general and quote master distributors recruit sales personnel as well as other new distributors the qualifications are financial the reward for a greater investment is greater sales is a greater Mm. sales discount the new recruit believes he is becoming a retailer though often his initial inventory lies wasting away in his basement because the man has no sales ability but still they come lured by meetings that forecast untold riches for anyone who follows the principles and works hard. And there you go. That's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, multi-level marketing. Classic description. It's like, oh, you think that you're becoming a retailer, but no, you're just an idiot customer. Yeah. Because they're selling you these things at a huge markup, and then they're asking you to sell them for another huge markup.
1: Right, so you're just getting basically... You're just a customer spending a lot of money and then working for... Almost nothing for the company
0: for literally nothing for the company you only make money if you sell things
1: right which is I would imagine incredibly difficult to do extremely difficult
0: and so when people when when quote unquote employees of holiday Magic come to their superiors is like you know I'm really just not making any money off of this yeah it's like it's just not working out for me they say well we've got uh, we've got a seminar that you can take but it's a thousand dollars and that's what this is. Okay. Oh, man, that's... that's crazy. Oh, just you wait. I was not prepared at all for the next four days. Had the whole affair been recited to me, I would not have believed it. Of course, the element of surprise was an important factor for the presentation. The mind didn't seem to react quickly enough to take it all in. It... as it... occurred. Instead, the events were simply stored away in my brain, which seemed to respond, quote... I cannot act upon this information. It does not relate to my notions of reality, Holy shit. but reality it was. One of the instructors for our class entered the dining area and passed out copies of a document. Read it and sign it, he said, indicating that he wasn't interested in wasting any time. At the head of the document was written, quote, general release. The import of the document was to give the school the right to do to us as they wished it even Uh, it even appeared to include the right to abuse me physically if they wanted and if i
1: sits in the corner it's gonna be okay
0: this is gonna be as bad as that episode and i signed it and they indeed did so i would not hold ldi its owners agents employees servants etc liable for the consequences the possibilities were chilling I'm so scared But after all The people I know who had attended LDI Had come home singing high praises Everyone seemed to be singing I signed (laughs) La la la
1: la, la, We're
0: going to get punched (laughs) Across Across the room An elderly man began to complain I'm not signing this And then louder I'm not about to sign this I never sign anything without my attorney seeing it first. And you guys are all nuts if you think that he's going to let me sign this, or that I'd sign it without him knowing about it. The instructor calmly informed us that until our releases were signed, we could not attend the class. We were reminded that the $1,000 fee was not refundable. We all signed, except Eddie Stevens, the elderly protester. And except for Stevens, we left the room. As we walked out of the room and across the parking lot, I ran into Bill Schwartz, an acquaintance who had graduated from the LDI at an earlier time. I asked the obvious question, what are you doing here again? Bill explained that he had been called in on short notice to replace the man who normally acted as the instructor's assistant during a class, while the regular man was on vacation. Bill explained that he would actually be taking the course as a student, but his primary function would be to assist... "'would be as class assistant to the instructors. Hmm. "'At first we walked into the wrong building, "'but Bill soon spotted the right one. "'We gathered outside and entered. "'In the center of the room... "'Oh boy, okay. "'In the center of the room reposed a coffin, "'lid open and waiting. "'There was a small cage off to the side, "'large enough for a human being on his hands and knees. "'Propped up against the wall was a large wooden cross.' A hangman's noose dangled from one of the high rafters. What the fuck? In the very center of the room was a pedestal, draped in velvet, upon which what, was appeared, what appeared to be an Aladdin's lamp. So, okay, just imagine, like, you walk into this room, it's like, yeah, we're gonna, it's like, it's like, yeah, we're gonna take this fun business seminar, and it's like, you see people coming out of it with like bruises on their face and black eyes, and then you get into the center of this room, and there's a coffin, a like a human-sized cage, a crucifix, and a hangman's noose, and at the center of the room is like a whoa. Are you okay? No, I'm just laughing. Okay, okay. Uh, and at the center of the room is like a velvet pedestal with an old like oil lamp on it so theatrical. The tables in the room were arranged in two semicircles around the props and equipment. There was some snickering and murmuring among the students. I sat down and waited for the Trompe d'île. Four instructors strode in. One screamed, stand up when we enter this room. We braced like plebes at Annapolis. Not good enough, yelled one of them. You are going to do it again! And from now on, you had better be on your feet and at attention before we enter this room! We sat down as they left. I waited for their re-entry, my head facing forward, but glancing furtively at the door from the corner of my eye. They were coming. I gripped the table with both hands and jumped out of the chair into attention. The class was standing rigid. The four instructors paced in with Eddie Stevens in tow. They ordered him to take his seat. Nobody explained how or why he had changed his mind, and signed the release. So, like, the old guy from earlier was here now. So, oh, like,
1: what are they, that just makes me, like, they threaten him or something? Like, he was so against it.
0: I I think he was a plant. I don't know. It's like, the three assistant instructors sat down at a table at the far end of the room. The head instructor then walked once across the room, turned on his heel, and marched to the center. He assumed a perfect parade rest and began, Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to Leadership Dynamics Institute. My name is Ben Gay. The other instructors that you'll be working with during your class will be Cheryl Shoemate, Vance Powell, and Jersey Booze. Fake names? (laughs) No, these are real names. What the hell? So you're like uh,
1: NPR host names Right Don Lemon It's like uh
0: huh (laughs) Uh huh sure that's your real name (laughs) Some kind of lemon man (laughs) Made of lemons (laughs) Got him (laughs) Falls down a flight of stairs (laughs) (laughs) Yeah you're really putting the smack down on Don Lemon Yeah I hate him That jerk I want to see him dead Uh, Many of you have heard many things about LDI before attending. Some were true. Some were lies. Whatever you have been told... Whatever has been told you is now a part of the past, because you're now going to discover the truth about LDI for yourselves. One of the things that LDI does is to relieve people of their hang-ups. Some people might be upset if I say fuck. Might be upset if I called our black friend over here a... And then they say the N-word. By the time we're through here, there will be no word in the English language that will shock or upset you to hear or use. I guarantee you that. This is getting weird. You may have noticed some of the things here in the center of the room. That drew a ripple of laughter from the other instructors. I'd like to take a moment to explain what they are and how we might possibly use them. Before you, you see a coffin. It is open. It is open. Coffins are used to bury people. It is possible that here in this class, we might have one, two, or more people who are already dead and just don't know about it yet. We might find someone like that. What we're going to do is we're going to put them inside the coffin, and we'll leave them inside for as long as it takes them to realize how much it means to be alive.
1: it just, just feels like a Stephen King novel.
0: It's... He went on. You might have noticed the cage. It may well be that there are people in this room who feel they are living in cages. They feel penned up inside themselves. We've found through experience that by physically putting someone inside this cage and confining them for long periods of time, if necessary, they grow to appreciate the value of freedom that they already possess. They grow up understanding how much they had. How much they had before they spent time in this cage. Hmm. For those of you who have felt at times that you've been persecuted for whatever reason, whether on your job, by your wife, or friends, we're going to let you see what persecution really is. What we have here is a large wooden cross. It's about eight feet by five wide, and wouldn't surprise me if, before we finish, one or more of you in this room will have the opportunity to test this cross, and feel what it likes, and see what it feels like to hang on it.
1: The opportunity.
0: Yeah, they're they're giving you this glorious opportunity to be literally fucking crucified. Right. Every person's dream. (laughs) Once in a lifetime. I know that I wake, I wake up every day and just hope that somebody literally crucifies me. I won't feel alive until I'm literally crucified. Nothing would make my pussy
1: wetter. The common saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that old proverb. <laughs> he then said, You'll also notice a hangman's noose, and I'll tell you what i'll just let your imaginations work on what we might do with that like just such like it's like yeah we know you called yeah. it a hangman's we know what you do with hangman's news you're not being all you're not being mysterious about it like we get it buddy
1: yeah i mean well like like please like surprise us with the hangman's news like if if you can come up with something that's like Oh, like, I did not know that could be used for that, like, but, like, kudos to you, but I don't know. And
0: what we, and what we have here is a machine that we like to call the dick smasher. (laughs) I'll let your, I'll let your imaginations work on what we might do with that. Everyone starts sweating.
1: What could it be? Oh, oh, God. (laughs) I'm calling it now. This is the craziest the podcast has ever gotten.
0: Oh, boy. Um... (laughs) It's like, if you're going to pull that bullshit, it has to be something mysterious. You know, it 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 has to be something that it's like, you don't, you literally don't know what the machine does. And then he calls it, he calls it something, he calls it something mysterious. Like, and here we have what I like to call Madeline. I'm just, I'll let your imaginations run wild with what we're going to do with it. And it looks like, like a giant lemon squeezer or something.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of a Far Side cartoon where it's like a bunch of Oh yeah, cow tools? No, not cow tools. It's it, it's one that's like literally directly related to this. It's like a bunch of gangsters are torturing this guy. Oh and yeah, like yeah. we can't get you to talk but we have something we like to call the thing and it's like this like stick with like suction cups on it and a carrot hanging from it and like a crank (laughs) like that's what they should have done like bring out the thing and it's like what the hell do you use that for
0: right right it's like a large industrial gear with like googly eyes and carrots stuck to it like yeah exactly it's like oh god So, Ben was carrying what appeared to be a writing crop, or a Marine Corps swagger stick. While speaking, he would bring it up to his left palm, or strike the side of his thigh with it. It reminded me of a classic military hero pose. Everything. The stick, the way he stood, walked, talked. Everything. Ben was explaining the symbolism of the Aladdin lamp. It was, he told us, a chalice. A silver chalice. It would represent truth and honesty to us. The chalice was to be placed at the extreme far end of the room. As each of us, in our own turn, and in our own way, found our particular moment of truth, we would move to the other side of the chalice, until each of us had experienced complete and total self-honesty. The purpose of the Institute, Ben said, was to help each man find his own silver chalice, to make each man face the truth honestly and so to understand himself and others better to have each man carry the truth with him from this day henceforth your minds and brains are in almost every case heaped over with trash and junk from outside influences of a negative nature by other people we've come into contact with the result said Ben, was what we spend most of our valuable time rationalizing, our own miserable failures. We will, he emphasized, break through all the lies you live and teach you to better lead a more truthful life. By hanging you. (laughs) By putting you in the dick smasher. Quote, Imagine that this room were filled from floor to ceiling, Wall to wall with shit, and the chalice was somewhere inside. Your goal is to find it. Chalices are strong, and when you opened the door, you wouldn't even think about entering. This is what happens to people when they look for self-honesty. The purpose of LDI and what we're going to do is not only to help you get into that room, but to physically force you in that room and keep you there until you find the chalice, no matter how long it takes, and bring it out with you to act as a guiding light for the rest of your life. We will do whatever is necessary to force each of you to find your moment of truth. Ben walked... uh, Go ahead. I just...
1: um, I don't have anything to say.
0: I just want... I'm so intrigued. Ben walked over in front of the man nearest him and said, If it is necessary for us to simply pat you on the back for you to feel... For you to find honesty within yourselves, what do you think we will do? The class responded, Pat him on the back. (laughs) And Ben patted the first man on the back. Striding to the second man, If it is necessary to kiss someone on the top of his head to make him honest, what will we do?" "'Kiss him on the head,' echoed the class. Ben leaned down and he kissed the man on the forehead. He then moved in front of my friend, Bill Schwartz, and said, "'If it is necessary, gentlemen, for us to beat the shit out of somebody until he can't think straight enough to lie, what do you think we are going to do?' The class seemed stunned. A few responded. Beat the shit out of him? in a questioning tone and Ben replied, that's right he then positioned himself directly in front of Schwartz, drew back and with a full swing, hit Schwartzen squarely in the face Schwartz flew backwards out of his chair and hit the wall, then crumpled to the floor, he scrambled back to his chair if that's how they treat their own assistants, I wondered how will we make out? my stomach turned, I thought about leaving Ben turned to us and said, as though reading my mind, quote, If you leave this room, you forfeit your thousand dollars, and as an added incentive to keep you from trying to leave, we will devise you into pairs. One pair to a motel room. If any of you leave, we will require your roommate, your buddy, to leave as well, and forfeit his thousand dollar tuition money. And one more thing. If anyone leaves, the rest of you believe me we'll suffer for it so uh cult tactics straight up cult tactics group punishment like uh psychological torture tactics
1: yeah like to prevent you from leaving to put pressure on you to stay cuz you're not just making a decision for yourself you're letting your your buddy down as well like you're mm-hmm. you're part of something if you if you leave it's going to cause you know like a collapse or some like bigger consequence whatever yeah it's like
0: you're you're costing somebody else a thousand dollars
1: i just thought (laughs) i i should have jumped in and said it earlier but i just thought of a really funny end to that that thing where he's going down to each person and he's like if it's necessary to (laughs) pat a man on the back if it's necessary to kiss a man (laughs) on top of the head if it's necessary to kiss a man passionately on the lips until both of us are wrapped in ecstasy and the world fades out around us what do you think we will do
0: if it, if it is necessary to if it is necessary to tenderly play with a man's nipples until he is honest with himself
1: and they just start making out
0: We're just right, like just, uh, what they, do we do they,
1: they grab him and like he like
0: dips him and tenderly kisses him yeah.
1: <laughs> dips him and they start like like ballroom dancing he slides his hand under like and
0: like
1: and and,
0: and <laughs> like that's just the seminar now yeah. like they never get to any of it they just get distracted yeah
1: <laughs> eventually everyone just kind
0: of leaves awkwardly right, so they're still like, dancing like, that's the end scene of a Hallmark movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like those two guys have had, like, a whole plot that we haven't seen. Yeah, but they were setting up this, this
1: whole, like, cult-like storyline, but that w- just never gets resolved. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway. several
0: <laughs> Several members of the class were under consideration for highly paid management positions within Holiday Magic. I was not one of those, but I could see their faces... I could see in their faces a strong desire to see this thing through. Ben Gay stated that Leadership Dynamics Institute was a separate company in no way related to Holiday Magic. It must have been a coincidence that Ben Gay was, at the time, president of Holiday Magic in the United States. Mm. A coincidence that the founder of Holiday Magic, William Penn Patrick, was co owner of LDI. Mm. Coincidence that instructor jerry Booz was a national vice president for holiday magic in canada that instructor cheryl Schumate was regional vice president for holiday magic in the united states northeast that instructor vance powell was regional vice president for holiday magic in the united states southwest yeah yeah <laughs> just a coincidence now said ben let me tell you about these releases you've signed every time we have a class everyone signs these I can't I can't believe that you people could be so goddamn dumb as to sign anything like this. You have all got to be crazy. Does anybody here know what they just signed? Do you have any idea? By signing these releases, you have given us complete authority to do anything that we want to you, for as long as we want to do it. Gentlemen, you are our prisoners, at your own admission. You you have said not only that you place yourselves in our trust, but at the time you agreed not to say anything about it to anybody, because you agreed in advance to everything that is going to happen. The only exception is premeditated murder. And gentlemen, let me make perfectly clear, he paused for effect, if anyone gets killed in this class, that is a possibility. Let me guarantee you that it will be classified as an accident. which is
1: kind of like true about those kind of releases for fear factor or whatever it's like that's true like
0: yeah the only
1: exception is if they were planning to murder you if they did it on quote-unquote accident then it's they're still covered exactly
0: yeah it's like this is like i genuinely do not know if he was lying here yeah You have probably noticed that the water pitchers and the glasses on the tables are made of plastic. There is a reason. At an earlier LDI class, two of the students had a little argument. One of them threw a glass of water on another student. The one who got wet got very upset about it. The wet one picked up a pitcher of water and threw the water at the first man. Unfortunately, he forgot to hold on to the pitcher. As a result, it caught him right on the bridge of the nose and just about killed him. It took about twelve stitches and lots of time in the emergency room to keep the nose attached to his face. Speaking of the emergency room, don't any of you think that anyone down there will be shocked if one of you ends up there? We're on a first-name basis with all of the attendants in the ER at Palo Alto Hospital. They know us very well. They've set a lot of bones for us. They must really wonder what we're doing up here. Yeah,
1: I'm surprised they don't wonder enough to report them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) At this, Eddie Stevens mumbled audibly. This is a bunch of shit. Then Gay quickly moved over to Eddie, picked him up by the lapels of his coat, and held him briefly at arm's length. Eddie was not a small man. Gay's eyes narrowed, and he hissed. "'Eddie, you're an old man, but don't press me, "'because I'll beat the shit out of you just as fast as anyone in this room. "'For your own sake, you better sit down and shut the fuck up. "'I want to hear from you. "'Shut the fuck up until I want to hear from you. "'Now, you tell me if you don't understand that.' "'He dropped Eddie back into his chair, and Eddie stayed put. "'Gay, without giving him another glance, turned and said, "'Gentlemen, I should tell you about Eddie. "'He's our resident alcoholic.' Eddie's got a head start on all of you. We were in the bar last night, up by the restaurant. I was there with my wife, Maricia, and a couple other people. And there was old Eddie, really juicing. Eddie made some comment to his wife. I grabbed him. I was going to break his back right there. But I held off, because I knew he'd be with me for the next four days, and I'd have an opportunity to straighten him out. Eddie is confirmed full-time an alcoholic. "'And it wouldn't surprise me if you see him go through what they call the DTs.' "'He smiled at Eddie. "'What do you think about that, Eddie?' "'Eddie? Ever gone through the DTs?' "'Eddie looked at him in silence. "'Mr. Drunk, it must be—Mr. Drunk must be real careful mouthing off at me. "'The next time you do could be the last time.' "'Was this real?' "'Ben went into greater details on the rules. "'There were three. "'No hitting in the face with a closed fist.' Only instructors were allowed to do that. Students must use their open hand. Oh, that's that's nice of them to protect them like that. Yeah. Closed fist to the body was allowed, and encouraged. Three, never hit an instructor. Never even consider hitting an instructor. On the point of hitting instructors, Ben reminded us on the release he had signed, and commented that the penalty would be severe if we tried to hit them in the back. Quote, In four days, everyone here will have will have had his moment of truth and honesty. About 300 people have successfully been brought through this course. You will all pass to the left of the Silver Chalice, and then it will be up to you to carry the feeling of total honesty into the world. We will force you to be leaders, he said. We are going to unscrew your heads and take everything, and I mean everything, out then it'll be up to you to fill yourself back up with whatever you want, good or bad, honest or dishonest. If only one in a thousand of you graduate exercises uh, the leadership qualities you will have found in the LDI, then all the time, effort, tears, pain, suffering, and the 999 failures will be worth it. The instructors were well informed about us, we were told, which was not too surprising, as most of us were affiliated with the same company. They had already built a background on each of us by contacting wives, employers, friends, and business associates. Some wives were even attending a women's LDI going on at the same time. Oh, God. In another part of the motel, I suspected that one or more of my associates had been feeding personal information to the instructor staff of the LDI. Mm. Ben, Ben told us that he knew that several of us had consulted with ministers, psychiatrists, professional counselors, and that they had failed us. Now it was LDI's turn to set us straight," he said. Leadership Dynamics Institute was the ultimate when we left here. There was nowhere else to go. If they could not solve our problems, the problems simply couldn't be solved. Each of us had nameplates on the table in front of us. Ben told us to take our pens out. Write the figure $51 per minute on your nameplates. This represents the amount of money each of you are spending each minute to receive our individual attention. I'd advise, for each kind of money per minute, that you better pay damn close attention here. You might also keep that figure in mind when one of your fellow students is wasting your time here. Then came the crowning truism, quote, There's an easy way to get through the LDI. Just tell the truth. But you know what? You won't. You'll lie, and you'll take all kinds and amounts of punishment and pain before you accept the truth as it is. But that's the secret. Just tell the truth. It's just that simple. Be completely honest with yourself and with us, and no one will even touch you. Some people have finished LDI without a scratch, but most refuse to tell the truth until they get the shit kicked out of them. The choice is yours, men. The easiest way... Or the hard way It doesn't make any difference to us We guarantee the results Either way Let's see And then there's a a little footnote here that says Apparently Ben arrived at this figure By dividing the sum total of all of our course fees By the number of hours he actually Quote, taught in terms of lectures Etc. At the time We all accepted the figure without question Ben went on When I want something I want you to move something. Go someplace, or anything else. I want you to move as quickly as possible. As fast as you can. I want you to run. I don't want to see you stop and rest for any reason. You're to be at a constant state of attention, and to be intently aware of all that goes on. Never let us down for a moment. Is that clear? In the next four days, you will learn that all your hang-ups and problems are of a petty nature. All 24 of you are exactly alike, and you will understand that by learning to function together, as a group, as one. You will lose your individuality, and act together for the good of the group. Is that clear? And thus ends the excerpt. See...
1: That feels, I mean, it's so, like, if I if I was reading a fiction, you know, if I was reading a novel, I would keep reading of that, like, something that's totally made up, but that's real. This right? is,
0: well, so here's, so here's the next bit I have here. Okay. This is from a New York Times review that was published uh, a couple years later about this book from a 1972 review of the book from uh, Antol Broyard for the New York Times. Mr. Church found it a painful, humiliating, and dangerous experience. He reports that members were beaten with paddles, punched, slapped, locked in a cage, buried in a coffin, crucified by being tied to a cross, half-starved, and bullied into traumatic, intimate revelations. He described the experience as a blend of brainwashing under torture... And bludgeoning with more violent encounter techniques. Yeah. If you were too self-pitying, you were crucified to show that you weren't the only one who had a cross to bear. If you were dead to your possibilities, you were shut up in a coffin. If repressed, in a cage. In each case, you were supposed to feel the full force of the reality, of which your symptom was only a pale reflection. And mm-hmm. of course, you were transfigured by the experience, gratefully for another chance in the life that you had held so lightly. Hmm. Fear, fatigue and hunger were used to break down the members' resistance to quote the truth. One man was made to re-ingest the unsavory meal he had vomited up. Others were obliged to abase themselves in a literal acting out of of obscene colloquialisms. A member who, probably incorrectly diagnosed himself as a latent homosexual, was made to wear makeup and women's clothes and join the women's seminar. Those who survived in their personal ordeals were said to have attained the, quote, silver chalice of truth, represented by an actual sort of loving cup placed on one side of the room as Mm. if to divide it into heaven and hell. An inspirational poem by Kipling and the opening speech from the movie Patton were part of the indoctrination. There are, however, a number of false notes in the book that tend to undermine its claim to authenticity. Mm. Exhausted middle-aged men are repeatedly represented as doing 25 push-ups, for example, something that the average 20-year-old cannot accomplish. Which, like, what? I can do 25 push-ups?
1: Yeah, I mean... I think if, like, let's, I don't know, that's a weird point.
0: <laughs> it's like this review, this review talks about this book as like, oh, this is obviously bullshit. But then it's like, they use evidence like that?
1: Yeah, it's like, clearly, it's like, maybe you can't it's, do 25 push-ups, but a lot of people can.
0: Right, it's like, that's and that's not like a crazy amount of push-ups, you know?
1: Yeah, if it was 100 push-ups or even 50 push-ups, that would be mm-hmm. a little much, but 25 right. isn't crazy.
0: Right, that's, that's a reasonable amount of push-ups. In one instance, a cynical, quote, hood, is told to walk upon the prostrate bodies of other members, since he, quote, likes to walk all over people. And he uncharacteristically protests that this, is, that this rather harmless action with I can't do it, when he is finally bullied into it, groans of pain and protest came from each prostrate body. Uh, after the... Uh, 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 uh. Uh, oof! Ooh. Go do ah. Ah. <laughs> Welcome to CT and Evan making weird noises The podcast Our new side podcast Thrilling content <laughs> After the other alleged trials, this would hardly have produced such uh, unanimity of complaint. In fact, there is altogether too much unanimity in everything for the book to seem believable. Although some of the, quote, tortures be seen on reflection to be psychologically, to be physiologically impossible. Which, like, that's not true? Like, you can torture a guy. Yeah. It's like,
1: something, if something is so horrible it doesn't become impossible. Like... You can still do things that are horrible it doesn't it's like that's too horrible to be true
0: it's like well and uh, the whole thing about like oh every it's like everything about it's like all of the people that took this trial were too unanimous and everything it's like they were being brainwashed into acting as a group my guy
1: yeah exactly that's the whole point
0: all right all right and then (laughs) and then the review ends with this scathing quote the pit is awkwardly and unappealingly written as well as being unconvincing One feels that some of the things described probably did happen, but not in exactly the sort of atmosphere the authors claim. There is a stilted, artificial, crybaby tone to the text that inclines the reader to the unsympathetic view that anyone signing up for a seminar may have got no more or less than he deserved. If the book has any value at all, it is simply to remind us of the fact that it is of our own foolishness, and no one else's, that spawns these thrift shops of the psyche. Which, like, I have zero doubt in my mind that an an idiot 1970s... Like, an idiot 1970s MLM, like, self-startup idiot would join one of these things on purpose and think that it's a good thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, was this review written by ben gay himself it sounds like it sounds like the same kind of like weird derisive it's like oh some of these things might be true but like i don't believe that any of these people would be stupid enough to put themselves through this it's like
0: well the the whole thing about like oh it's like it's like it's written in this crybaby tone it's like oh well your little baby being psychologically tortured for four days (laughs) like like they would lock people in a cage my guy yeah <laughs> Too much uh, complaining in this book, right? It's like, well, it has this. This review is written with the same tone of like, if I were in this situation, I would simply punch the monster.
1: Yeah, like, if I were in a crowd and someone started shooting, I would take him down.
0: Right. It's a, if if I was in this movie, I would fight Jason Voorhees. Yeah, it's like okay, I would use my kung fu skills to defeat him. Sounds good. Let's try it out. So so here's the aftermath of all of this. Okay. In December of 1972 Mind Dynamics was investigated for practicing medicine without a license and fraudulent representation of their potential benefits of participating in their coursework. Good. The company was also investigated by the state of California for making fraudulent claims. A lawsuit was brought forth by the state of California in 1973. And requested that Mind Dynamics be barred from what California referred to as its unlawful practice of medicine. William Penn Patrick was named as a party with Mind Dynamics in the lawsuit. Hmm. Mind Dynamics ceased operating in (laughs) 1973 after being investigated and charged with fraud and practicing medicine without a license. According to the article in Forbes, as of 1974, the state of California was still seeking to enjoin the company from making fraudulent claims and practicing medicine without a license. Well, that's good. Yeah, well, it's like re- really obvious that this is bullshit, and it got it got shut down real quick.
1: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that, that's good. Like, so many of these things go on for so long, even though they're clearly oh, yeah. good. that Like the hammer was brought down. Especially if all of this torture, brainwashing stuff is true, which it probably was.
0: I, I, I'm like ninety percent sure that this shit really did happen. Yeah. Like, it because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to one of these like executive training seminars. No. They're all like they're not all like this, but they all have this exact same like extremely self-important transformative tone yeah they loved and they loved the the fucking props it's the most it's the corniest most overdramatic shit and especially back in the 1970s i can absolutely see like a bunch of wolf of wall street assholes doing shit like this
1: yeah with like like, an aladdin lamp and a hangman's noose and all this stuff
0: It's like if you've ever seen, like, conferences held by MLMs and shit, it's exactly, like, it has this exact vibe.
1: Right, just without the actual, like, physical abuse.
0: Right, but it's like, they have this vibe that all of the people doing this shit are extremely capable of physical abuse. Because it's a cult. Like, it's a fucking cult. Totally.
1: And it's just another, like, them hitting them is just another extension of the same tactic
0: yeah exactly it's it's exactly the same like basically stockholm syndrome abuse cult tactic Hmm. after the company was shut down alexander everett left for japan where he recorded several audio seminars and wrote two additional books he died in oregon in 2005 Hmm. however william penn patrick died on june 9th of 1973 in the crash of his privately owned p51 mustang in lakeport california
1: uh-huh. a, certif-
0: a certified pilot he was flying the plane at a time at the time of the crash and making a low pass stall uh, a low pass stall near his farm at clear lake oaks california he was 43 and flying with christian george Hagert, uh 30 and director of holiday magic helsinki uh who also died in the crash Oh man! I mean, so, I mean, f- one I it's like I love that this like this like Christian fascist theocrat asshole owned a P fifty one Mustang.
1: Yeah, and died when he crashed it.
0: Right, flying it around for fun.
1: Yeah, probably trying trying some ridiculous maneuver to impress the other guy. Uh,
0: a a a low pass stall is basically when you like build you build up a ton of speed. And then you you basically, like, cut the engine and then let the plane sort of tumble. Just into, like in then, uh,
1: Wii Sports Resort. I love
0: doing that. Yeah, yeah. You let the plane tumble and then glide on its, like, just glide without its engine. And then you sort of, you pull it into a, like, a dip, sort of. And right. so he died doing that. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Which is kind of crazy. And there, uh, and that is basically it for uh Damn. uh leadership dynamics and the human potential movement
1: but it's like i mean it's it for that iteration of it but it it inspired so much that went on like like you said like with the rise of vhs in the 80s it kind of exploded that these kind of seminars
0: oh yes like Unlock this your is business potential well but remember that this is where all of it comes from like this is at the root of all of this shit right it's this like crazy abusive like new age cult bullshit
1: yeah but luckily it was shut down very quickly but it kind of opened the door for a lot of other similar less aggressive but still very similarly like stockholm syndrome uh, cult tactic companies oh
0: yeah absolutely absolutely Oh man,
1: that is crazy. That excerpt is so like like at first I was having trouble believing like the tone of the instructor, but like of course he's going to talk like that cuz he wants to sound theatrical. He wants to like make right, himself yeah. seem like a villain or like, you know, I don't know.
0: Well, it's like all of it's like <sighs> it back in the 1970s there was this this idea of the self-made man. Like, have you yeah. ever seen... Um, oh, God, what is that fucking movie? Um, ah, whatever. But um, there was this idea of the self-made man. It's like the, the most glorious thing that you could be in 1970s America was a successful businessman. It was like starting a small business. Yeah. And l- living that, like, libertarian dream. Right. And there was this exaltation of... Assholes, like right. you know, people that took no shit and like pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, and like you know, they didn't they didn't need the government, they didn't need friends. Like, yeah,
1: right. That was the ideal person. Was
0: was Ben Gay? Like, yeah, that was that Just was so who sad. everyone wanted to be. It's it's pathetic and it's like psyche destroying. Yeah, you know, it's like you you can't exist like that and be happy with your life you know
1: friends are replaceable money is not
0: right like it's well and remember this is the environment that Dick Cheney basically was raised in of like it is better to be successful than it is to be loved
1: yeah exactly it's like success at any cost including yeah. your family and friends like it literally doesn't matter you just need to rise up the ladder
0: right and and leadership dynamics was proof that you were willing to do Everything like you were willing to put your body and mind on the line for this. Yeah, which is
1: horrible. Like that whole like idea is like, why is this the the idealized goal for a
0: person? <laughs> well, and I like I wish I knew more about this subject. Like I really wanted to get my hands on the book that that was an excerpt from. Yeah, but it's been it's been out of print for twenty years. It's like mm. I I was unable to find a copy. Um, that didn't cost, like, $60. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, but apparently apparently, this also inspired a movie called The Circle. Um, I've definitely but, heard of that, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, again, wasn't able to find it. Yeah. But I, I really, really want to know more about this shit because there was yeah. so... Of all the topics I've researched on this podcast, this was the hardest one to research because there's there's so little information about it, and the information that we have is, like it's very clear when it's bullshit. Yeah. And it might, there might be
1: instances of it being exaggerated or like distorted a little bit. Like you never really know. Right. But, but yeah, I, it's crazy. But
0: even it's like, even if all of this was bullshit, it's still fucked up.
1: Yeah, right? for sure. It's
0: cause like the whole thing with this, like just this excerpt, it's like, if even 1% of this is true, this is super fucked up. Oh, yeah, totally. But the fact that it
1: was shut down so quickly also I'm I'm sure makes it much harder to get information on everything because everything was probably buried and burned and all that. And,
0: like, one of the things that you see, like, there was that whole concept of, like, not telling other people what happened during the seminar because it was supposed to be a surprise. And, like, I like my occult background comes in here a bit that's a secret keeping technique Mm. it's basically like you you bind a group of people together by essentially getting them in a room and having them all do something fucked up that none of them ever want to tell people about Mm. okay right it's it's a way of it's a way of sort of like blackmailing yourself yeah into keeping a secret
1: yeah, which I'm sure is very effective.
0: Oh no, it's extremely effective, um, yeah. but it makes it hard to do this podcast. Right. <laughs> so we might we might have follow-ups on this at a later date if I can get more information.
1: Yeah, I would love to see you do an episode on like the the stuff in the '80s and just like the whole rise of that movement. Or like I'm sure. You... Oh, we we
0: definitely will.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. That was that was great. Like definitely like something different, but like definitely fits within the. Within the realm of this podcast, very well.
0: Yes, yes. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Uh, if you if you liked listening, you can uh, donate to our Patreon, where we post uh, polls and bonus content and a whole second secret podcast that that's just for you, good boy patrons.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's our 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 business desserts podcast gets very fun. We tell lots of ridiculous stories and uh, we have a good old time. So uh, yeah, we. We tell jokes if you 've ever heard of those before, yeah we do it's mostly knock knock joke based
0: <laughs> yeah it 's our knock knock joke podcast, yeah but again, if you enjoyed if you enjoyed listening, uh, leave us a like, leave us a review. It genuinely really helps us um, and thank you for listening. We love you
1: We love you very, very much, and big things are coming
0: big things are coming
1: um, one last thing before. <laughs> one last thing before we wrap up. Um, so for on the Patreon, uh, -hmm. for the $5 tier and above, we have one of the perks is you get to, we, we have a poll for like asking like what episode we should do next, like getting feedback, getting like ideas for merch, that kind of stuff. Right. And on the last poll, I, I, I told people to write an original poem (laughs) and that the one, the one we like the best will get read out loud on the show okay um, um I'm just gonna read them all cause there's there's only well there's five but one person just passed so really really only four poems but I'm gonna read them cause they're pretty great
0: okay hit me it's, uh, poetry corner
1: poetry corner alright first one I went crazy but he did not go stupid Evan? yes you cut out there. Oh, no! that was the whole poem. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, next poem, next poem. Why would you do this to me? What have I ever done to you? I love poetry. That much is true. But to be caught unpreparedly? Why, that's just rude. So here's a ditty. Thanks for what you do. Oh, that's nice. Aw, oh, that's nice. Okay, so this one is great. <laughs> so they left a little... Um, They had a little uh, note. Okay, so English isn't my first language, so I had to translate some old stuff I wrote for a friend.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: When you wake up later today, I will drive us to the woods. We will stomp our feet in the rhythm of our screams echoing up the pines. When you sweat off the rage and spite, I will wipe your face with my cold hands. We will not speak of it, but we will nod. But for now, you sleep unaware. Still and quiet in my bed. For, for, like, for, for a translated poem, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's really good. And very ominous. I love it. Yes. Um, one person said, I like writing poetry, but I hate having people read it unless it's something I wrote for someone in particular, so I'll pass. And then the last one, where am I? What is this? Who are you? Wait, 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 wait. I don't know how to write poetry. <laughs> well. Thank you. Thank this you has for been your, poetry corner this has been poetry corner we do this every episode not really <laughs> but thank you for for your submissions we'll probably do more fun like interactive things on the polls going forward as well so
0: yay All right. awesome thank big you things are coming. you big things are coming
1: hey everyone thank you so much for listening to desperate acts of capitalism if you like the show please subscribe to us on apple spotify or stitcher and if you really want to make us happy you can leave us a nice rating or review You can follow us on Instagram at Desperate Acts of Capitalism and on Tumblr, link in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Desperate Acts of Capitalism.